Yo, what's up, everybody? We're back. Sorry, we're just talking about shit. Um, back with another episode. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself, bro? Yeah, bro. Um, I'm James Marshall. Uh, I was born in Auckland, grew up in Nelson. Um, been playing professional footy for the last sort of 12 years and um, coming to a time of my career where it's coming to the end. So, uh, yeah, I'm um, looking forward to cracking into this with you and yeah. listen to a bit of your stuff, bro. It's, it's all good stuff. Oh, cheers, bro. I appreciate it. Oh, what's been, what's been happening anyway? I've uh, just been helping Tasman um, the last few weeks, uh, doing a little bit of well, coaching. I'm doing the development team down here and yeah. um, just sort of following, shadowing Andrew Goodman and just yeah. watching how he does things and uh, just trying to learn a few things for potentially things down the down the track. Yeah, because how long has he been coaching now for? Um, he must have been doing it for at least sort of four or five years now. And yeah. Runs a real good cutter with Tasman at the moment, and yeah. he's obviously been down in the Crusader setup too. So picked up a few things there, and it's been quite cool to sort of see how it's all, it's all done and yeah, all the behind sure. the scenes. Yeah, Tassie boys look good, eh? Yeah, bro. Team to beat, I reckon. Yeah. This year, eh? yeah, they got a real good squad, and um, yeah, good, real good culture and yeah. good coaches. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty good setup. Oh, that's one. One thing I did want to start with is, do you remember Crate Day probably six or seven years ago at Dewey's house? Yeah. <laughs> of course I remember the start of it anyway. <laughs> well, it was the first thing I wanted to touch on because like, the boys will laugh and they hear it. Do you remember the wrestling match between Jacko and your brother that yeah. escalated? <laughs> One of the greats. It was, oh, I still remember that. And then somehow I ended up getting chucked out by you. I wasn't even involved. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it was like oh, I gotta gotta ask him if he remembers that story. Fuck, well, that was hard case. Great day was always oh. a massive day. Eh? I yeah. used to get to about oh, halfway through and think, oh, <laughs> start questioning yeah. myself. <laughs> Not going to be able to do this. Yeah, I think that was then because you, you boys were both playing pro footy and then it would end up kicking up and then it was like <laughs> he was like oh shit we don't want these boys getting in trouble. <laughs> we better pull our heads in. That's <laughs> no, good stuff. Um, how's the body anyway? Yeah, uh, my body's wrecked. Eh? I've just had hip surgery. Well, I say just because it looks like I've just had it, but I had it uh, be coming up to about four months ago now. Yeah. Still real sore. It is a um, nine to 12 month rehab. So yeah. um, I've still got a wee way to go, but it's still pretty sore. So um, just sort of, I need to go back up and see the surgeon, to be honest, and yeah, make sure it's all okay. But yeah, I'm not sure if I'll play again or. Yeah, how it's going to feel, but just cross that bridge as once I get to the end of the rehab cycle. Yeah, yeah. Feeling the effects of pro footy for the last ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, especially the last couple of years of my um, career were yeah. pretty tough. So, um, sort of made me not enjoy the game as much, just because yeah. I, I was always sore and body wasn't doing what I wanted yeah. it to, and I just didn't really feel like I was up to it anymore. So, um, not sure if. If I come back and my hip's good, uh, whether I'll want to get back out there or not. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's probably time. I yeah. feel like it's probably time. But if I do come back and the hip's feeling good, I might get that urge to get back yeah, out there again. Like starting to get a little bit of itchy feet watching the voice yeah. train. So, yeah, I wouldn't say I've retired yet. Yeah, uh, good stuff. How's the whole COVID thing affected you personally? Um, yeah, not it probably saved, <laughs> saved me from embarrassment really at the <laughs> hurricanes because I was struggling, man. I was like on like literally one hip, and once COVID hit, it was just time to get surgery. And I was yeah. like pretty grateful that, um, it did 
that that opportunity arose and I could get the surgery and try and get my hips sorted because, yeah, I was going to try and push through the season. I was getting to the point where I was about to go tell the coaches that, nah, I'm just no good here. I'm not yeah. doing any favours. So, um, What was actually wrong with it? It was just so there was bone growth on the um, ball in the socket, which was um, every time the joint would move, it would just like smash up the yeah. inside. So... Um, it, it had done a fair bit of damage when the surgeon cut it open. He reckoned it was the worst he'd seen. So oh, I'd had surgery previously on both hips. So um, just for some reason it grew back on that left one. And, yeah, it was a gradual process from when I had the surgery to, uh, yeah, the end of this year. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. So we um, so you grew up in Auckland? Yeah, grew up in Auckland. Uh, moved down to Nelson when I was eight. Yeah. Yeah. What brought you guys down here? Um, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Really, it was just a family decision to to move down. Um, I think my parents thought it would be a better lifestyle down here, and um, yeah, just got in the car and drove all our stuff down. And yeah. I don't think we had a place of where we were going to actually stay. So I think we we're tossing up between Blenheim and Nelson for a bit, um, and ended up decide, deciding Nelson. Yeah, and then went to Nelson College. Nelson College. Yep, played your high school footy there. How was that? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It's a real good setup there. Uh, they just started. I think it was the first year I was there in my seventh form year. They just started the rugby class, so ah. that was like that's a pretty cool setup to sort of realise that rugby can be a profession. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Tasman was still sort of had just sort of started, and then they had the whole will they be demoted or yeah, um, yeah, taken out of the competition and stuff later on, but. Um, as soon as Tasman started, there was that sort of pathway for guys in Nelson, yeah, for sure. doing well at Nelson College, um, to go down that path. Yeah. How'd you guys go in um, We lost, in my sixth form year, we lost the final to Christchurch Boys High, who were stacked. They were like a real stacked yeah, side. Who was, like, who was in there? Um, oh, it was like, I think their back line was like Colin Slade, Tim Bateman, um, Andrew Horrell, they had Nasi Manu, Owen Franks, Matt Todd. They had like the literally <laughs> half a super team. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like I think only two of the guys in that squad didn't make didn't become professional rugby players. So sure. it was a pretty stacked team, and I thought we were half a chance going down. Obviously, yeah. you don't know how good these guys are until. Did you play them during the season, or just? Yeah, we played them during the season, but. Um, can't remember that. I think it was a bit of a hiding to be fair, but it felt like we'd pr- yeah, improved heaps. Yeah. But no, obviously not. <laughs> you would have had some handy players in your team though, right? Yeah, we had some good players. Uh, Kevin Moore used to be a bit of a – was our star really at yeah. high school. Um, big winger, used to break tackles at well. Um, Hamish Thorne, we had a few few talented players. Osea Namatalevu, yeah. he was classy second five. So, yeah, we had some, yeah, we had some good players. Yeah. And then kind of heading after school, did you have a really plan of what you were going to do? Was was rugby always it or? Rugby was always like my goal um, and it wasn't really till the end of rugby where I um, thought it could potentially be a uh, career. Yeah. And I was thinking more, I wasn't really thinking in New Zealand because I didn't think I was quite up to that level until I got named in the New Zealand 19s camps yeah. after a couple of um, Nelson Bay tournaments. So... Um, that made me realise that I wasn't too far off and that if I work hard over the next couple of years that um, there could be an opportunity to play professionally in New Zealand. Yeah. 
Oh, and then so you got into the Tasman kind of after that 18, uh, 19s camp? Yeah, I, into I was just in the um, academy, so I did one year's one year with the Nelson Bays, yeah. and then it was the following year that I actually made the squad, so um, I was on the bench that year, what was it, 2008, um, I was on the bench that year, came off the bench every game, my knee quarter was starting, so it was a real good um, learning year for me, just yeah. to, um, that first step into a professional environment. Yeah. And What was the big, big thing that you learnt coming from, obviously, age grade footy into, into the pro scenario oh that's a good question it was just it's just more around the detail and I still I still don't even think I picked it up in that first year like it took a it took a fair fair bit of time throughout my career to realize little things in the game that you just don't think about when you're um can you give us an example um like Game management's a massive one for a 10, like yeah. when to run, when to kick, uh, what pictures you're seeing, just things like that. Yeah. Um, I guess I was guilty early on in my stage of wanting to run everything and yeah. that's just how I played. That's how I played at school and and that's sort of how I was coached really and I just play what you see and um, don't really care about the energy of the forwards or like yeah. <laughs> what, what goes wrong if it yeah. doesn't come off. It was just, just play and just, yeah, play what you see and – we didn't have a very successful year that year that I was playing like that. <laughs> we were playing pretty razzly footy. We scored some good tries, but uh, obviously didn't, when it didn't come off, we were letting in a few too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so 2009, you started kind of getting getting a starting spot? Yeah, 2009, I, um, I started the first game and I actually stuffed my ankle, so... I had to come off in about 20 minutes. But the first 20 minutes I played, I, I actually went quite good. So um, I was pretty gutted with that because, yeah. yeah, it was like my first opportunity. Um, Did that then, end of the season for you? Nah, I came back for the last three games, but I still think my ankle wasn't quite right. Yeah. And that was just another one of yeah. me trying to learn and like oh, quick learning for me that sometimes when your body's not right, you've got to just not play. And yeah. I think I tried to... I remember just doing the fitness test and I felt like I was hobbling and it yeah. looked like I was hobbling, but I said I was all good. Yeah. But That's the thing though, you're young and keen, aren't you? You're still just, trying to prove just yourself. just want to get out yeah. there and, um, yeah, I'm not sure if it did me any favours or not. <laughs> <laughs> Limped the way through the rest <laughs> yeah. of the year. Yeah. yeah. That's all good. How was, um, when did you get in the Canes squad? Uh, my first year with the Canes was 2012. Oh. So that was a wider squad. Um I I just been signed in the New Zealand Sevens. I hadn't been signed actually. I just made the New Zealand Sevens yeah. team for um, the first three tournament, or first two tournaments. No, it was three, and then um, the Canes actually called me and offered me a wider contract. Yeah. So um, I went and saw Gordon Titchens and said, "This is what's happened. Can you offer me a Sevens contract? And I'll stay if you can. I'll I'll go to the." Um, I'll go to the Canes. So he he said, oh, I'll, I'll watch this next tournament uh, and make a decision at the end of that. So he obviously didn't sign me. He gave me about – he honestly gave me about six minutes on the field. <laughs> like, Come on. <laughs> what do I need to do that, mate? <laughs> if you want to actually see me, yeah, give, me, give, me, a, give me some minutes. But, um, yeah, 
in hindsight, I'm, I'm so grateful that he yeah. didn't because uh, I have no regrets with yeah. that decision. And I love my time at the Hurricanes. I always wanted to be a Hurricane growing up. Was a, that was your team? I was an obsessed Hurricanes yeah. fan. I used to cop a fair bit of flack at Nelson College yeah, from bet. the lads, yeah. all Crusader fans. And um, No, but I was, I was obsessed with the Hurricanes. So, mate, it was, it was a dream come true to go there and play for them. Yeah, for sure. I just want to touch on Gordon Titchens. What was he like as a coach? Because obviously he's some pretty... Yeah, mate, he, he was old school. Like everything yeah. people say is very true. Um, tough, tough sessions, yeah. like far out. Um, luckily, I was pretty fit. So yeah. um, I think that's kind of why I liked, he liked me. Uh, I Yeah, I felt like I handled his camps relatively well. I was obviously wrecked. Like he just pushes you mentally to, the, to see how far you can go and see whether you'll quit. But. Um, I sort of love that stuff. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd been training pretty hard going into that camp, so um, I felt like I was in pretty good condition. But Because um, did you play like the National Sevens comp before that? Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then we went into like a New Zealand Sevens camp, yeah. which was about a week, which was which was awesome. Like, father, some good players. I think Charles Piertow was a young guy who just come through. He was a nightmare to be. One on one against his electric drill, yeah. In those games, he was hissing, and all the all the legends of the game, like Tim Mickelson, DJ Forbes, were all there. Just would be pretty cool to rub shoulders with those guys. Though. Yeah, for sure. And just seeing how that that game works really was real cool. Like it's a different game. It's you're not playing rugby at all, really. And um, but playing and saying that playing that cap for that New Zealand sort of cost me to become anything else because once you play for New Zealand Sevens you're, you're a capped yeah. New Zealand international so you can't play for any other um, nation not that I probably would have but um, it also affects your contracts a little bit in yeah. terms of being a foreign player and things like oh, that so true. my brother could play for England so yeah. when he went over to England he wasn't counted as a foreign player and oh, right, right. if he didn't get injured he potentially could have played for the, the English team I reckon so um, whereas the fact that I played those two tournaments of Sevens uh, Stop me from that. Was that always a goal for you to play sevens or just kind of an opportunity that came about? Just an opportunity, to yeah. be honest. Um, I even remember getting warned from my agent that if I played the sevens tournament, um, it might affect future yeah. contracts. But I was just like, mate, this is a New Zealand jersey. Yeah, it's, it's been like a dream of mine. To, I know it's not an all-black jersey, but it's it's a black jersey. It's the um, thing, really. Yeah, 100%. So oh, there's no way I was ever going to turn that down. Yeah. And how was your first season with the Canes? Yeah, that was my first year. There was just a wider squad, so things were done a little bit differently back then. Um, you just did the preseason, and then you were sent home pretty much. So, um, did the did all the hard training, got real fit, felt like I was ready to hiss, and then um, just went back to the knacky at the time because that was part of the move. Uh, the wider squad, you had to be signed from the region, so I had to move to the knacky. And yeah, so I went back, went up to the knacky, just basically just sat on the couch, just yeah. waiting. For, did you play club footy out there? Played some club yeah. footy out there, yeah. Because how many years did you spend? Because you ended up captaining them at one stage. Yeah, you? yeah, I did four years at Tasman and then four years at the knacky. Yeah. What was the big difference between Tasman and the knacky sort of set up or pretty similar? Pretty similar, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah well, Nelson was felt at the time, Nelson or Tasman was. Uh, I don't know. The the Tasman setup now is so much more professional than what it was when I left. Yeah. Um, what do what do you reckon brought that on? Just like Goody as a coach, or some of the senior players, or I think a mixture of everything. But obviously, the coaching's a big part. Um, 
the senior players and obviously the success as well. Yeah, uh, we went we were on new side. Uh, we had to sort of buy a team to start with. Yeah. And then as that talent's come through the province, they've sort of taken over. So you've got guys like Dave Havili at the moment who's like his leading is like next level. He's like, turned into an epic player. He right? is the man. Yeah. So he's driving a lot of the standards. And it's coming from a lot of those local players who have that real uh, Marco pride. And, yeah. uh, Same with the likes of Quinn Strange. What's yeah. he's been able to do oh, yeah, the last 100%. few years. And there's there's so many talented yeah, players yeah. that have come from Nelson who are, um, yeah, really – driving the standards and driving the um, culture. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you ended up getting a full contract 2013, was it, with the Canes? Yeah, yeah. So that was my first full year and um, I can't really remember too much. Uh, I didn't play that much, I don't think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my memory, Just taking the paycheck. My memory shot at. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even – I might have got – I definitely debuted that year, yeah. but um, I don't Do you remember think, the debut or not? Nah, because I actually thought my debut was against the um, Highlanders, <laughs> but on my um, like board, it's like debuted against the Crusaders. <laughs> so I was like, oh, how many concussions you? <laughs> too many. No, I just so many games, eh? It was yeah. so hard to remember like all of them, but uh, I definitely my first start was the Highlanders. So yeah. obviously, a lot of my career at the start was coming off the bench. So. And some of that's like literally two minutes, five yeah. minutes, seven minutes. Was that behind Bodie? Um, was he? Yeah, 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 it was behind Bodie. Yeah, yeah. Pretty hard man to kick off the ten. Yeah, and he, and he never really got injured either. So, yeah. and no one really like take him off the field, especially yeah. in a game if it's close or anything. Yeah. So, that's where I started to play a little bit more fullback, and yeah. that's where the opportunity came from. So had you naturally played much kind of outside of 10 growing up or was that – were you always just a 10? I was a winger. I started on the wing when I was real young and then I moved into 10. I actually played my first few games of first 15 on the wing and then mid-season they chucked me into 10 and I stayed at 10 for, yeah, till the rest of my career until I might have been the Canes or the Naki yeah. pushed me back to fullback. And what was the super start like? Was it down there in Dunedin? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was um, – yeah, man, that was awesome. Like, that crowd and that stadium is unreal. Yeah. Like, running out, I just remember looking around being like, holy, this is this is awesome. <laughs> and, like, just wanting to – so bad for it to – so bad to go well. But um, I didn't actually play that well. I made a few mistakes. Um, did a few good things, but obviously it, mistakes at that level just get found out a little yeah. bit more than – Previously had and um, I was dropped the next week, so it didn't, didn't, didn't go too good. <laughs> uh, tough yeah. crowd, <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah. Because um, then after how many years has been with the Canes? Four, three, four years, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then went over to Europe. What came kind of brought about that decision? Um, well, I had a real good 2015, yeah, where I got I played pretty much every game. I did play every game, pretty much every minute, and. Um, Obviously, and probably the most stacked um, team, like that back line and stuff was hissing. Like yeah. Everyone was in all black except for me. And we had all blacks on the bench. Yeah. And I just, I in my head, I was not sure whether it was, I thought that I might not get an opportunity like this again. Yeah. Um, because all the all blacks and um, I'd had a really good year and I was sort of wanted to ride off that and yeah. take my contract while I got it. And Clark Laidlaw, the Hurricanes um, coach at the time, 
moved over to London Irish and he said um, he'd, he'd take me over if I was keen. So I was pretty keen at the time and um, I didn't know 2016 was going to go as well as it did as well. So again, I got the starts and we obviously won the comp and London Irish went down. So it didn't really go to plan like the signing, yeah. but even got to the point where after the final, um, the Hurricanes offered me a contract that matched my um, London Irish oh. one and I ended up ringing the London Irish CEO and telling him that I'm not going to come. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you're coming, mate. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and I was, oh, uh. <laughs> wasn't meant to go that way. <laughs> Legal action and all this stuff. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I'll, um, <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Better get on the plane. Yeah. yeah. Was, that a, was that an awkward way to start the start there? <laughs> a little bit. Shit, it was an awkward convo. I was so yeah. nervous trying to ring him up. But um, no, we never actually really spoke about it uh. when I got there and it was all good. Yeah. So what was it like moving overseas? Had you been over there, like, travelled much or? No, I hadn't been to the UK before, yeah. so that was all um, new experience. My wife's English, though, so all her family's over oh, there. So, helped um, yeah, she was a big part of it because we'd been moving. That was a big part of it, too. We'd been moving um, house every sort of six months, so Wellington to Taranaki, Wellington to Taranaki, or, like, yeah. Tasman to um, Italy we did as well. So um, we did all. We hadn't been in the same place for longer than six months and uh, we just had our first child and we're like, oh, it'd be awesome to settle down. So we signed three years at London Irish just looking to just be settled for three years yeah. and she's got a lot of family over there, which was always going to be a big help. My brother was over there too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we just thought it was a perfect time to get over there really. Yeah. What was the footy like in, compared to New Zealand rugby? Um, the footy is actually – Really good. It's played differently. Um, I think it gets a bit of a hard hard rap yeah. um, from Kiwis back here. Everyone, everyone thinks New Zealand rugby is the best rugby. Yeah. It's the way to it's play. It's rugby, isn't it? Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, they play a real different style of footy, but I wouldn't say New Zealand's is better or their way's better. I, I think there should be more games between clubs. I'd love to see, like, the Crusaders play – um, Saracens or Leinster, for example, because yeah. um, they're just—it's just different styles. It's—it's it's more set piece orientated, um, kicking games, just applying pressure, things like that. Just how they can put so much pressure on the team to get points. Whereas New Zealand's New Zealand doesn't really think of it like that. They're like attacking, um, counter attack. How can we score? Things like that. So it's a real contrast of styles, which is it's. Kind of hard to explain unless yeah. you're really playing, yeah. Was that a big difference for you as a 10 coming from a, such a running brand of footy to go over there more um, kicking for territory and stuff like that? How did you find that personally? Yeah, 100% because obviously I just came off a couple of really successful years with yeah, the Canes. Yeah. We would won it. We lost the final. Should have won it, but... Um, but lost. <laughs> go to the Landers. I won, I won a lot of money on that game, actually. <laughs> oh, well, at least someone was happy. Yeah, um, yeah so I in my head, I... Th always thought that this was the way to play. and yeah. But obviously it's a completely different style over there. Um, the kick pressure that they had, kicking was never a real strength of my game. Yeah. Um, I, but I learned so much over there around that and um, how to apply pressure. Um, yeah, it's, it's just different. And I think it took me a couple of years to sort of get my head around it. The end of a couple of years, I left, so <laughs> never really got to, never really settled. <laughs> nah. 
Yeah. And then what was what was next after that? Did you go to Japan, did you? Yeah, went to Japan yeah. on the way home to the Canes. So so my actual first year in the um in the UK was actually in the champ. So um London Irish got relegated. So it was that was a different style again. So my first year in the premiership I was sort of took me a while as as well. So they were two different yeah. sort of competitions and then then uh, London Irish got relegated again and this was in my third year in the contract yeah. and I was like, oh, I've done relegation. Um, yeah. It was cool, loved loved playing relegation, but I felt like I wanted to, I didn't really feel like I want, needed to do another year of relegation. Yeah. So um, I remember getting a call from John Plumtree and um, Chris Boyd and they said if I'm keen to come back, they'll sort something out. So I said I was keen and then, a Japan contract came up in between, and then it was just a no-brainer. Yeah. And what's what's the Japanese footy like? Because there's lots of people going over there for sabbaticals, but um, yeah, how's that different again to New Zealand rugby? That's complete. That's probably the opposite of the UK rugby. Is <laughs> there's zero like pressure game, kicking game. It's all attack. Like even like more so than more New Zealand. Than, yeah. Um, the teams just love to run it, um, play real fast. They're all little guys, obviously, yeah. and um, quite skillful. Quite yeah. skillful um, level, and they've changed the foreign rule, so you can now have five foreigners on the field, which makes up a makes a pretty big difference compared yeah. to what I think it used to be two. So, sure. and but with the money that they've got, they're getting like five proper great players. Uh, right? Yeah, like quality players and. Um, the teams like Kobe and stuff that had like Carter in that last year, even their Japanese players are like the Japanese internationals yeah. added in with um, five awesome international yeah. players. It's, they're actually, they're, they'd go all right at Super Rugby, those yeah. teams. Yeah. But then you've, there's a real gap between the teams that I was at, like Coca-Cola, where um, our Japanese guys still work for a living. So sure. um, they're only training part time and, um, the, signing, the, the signings money? they get are obviously not as high level as <laughs> <laughs> the international stars. So, um, yeah, the gap's pretty big. Yeah. And then coming coming home must have been nice to come back and settle again. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, of it, yeah, one thing we didn't really take into account was the move. The move back to Wellington was actually quite hard, like finding a rental and um, getting the kids all set up again because we knew we were going back to Japan. So... The move for the six month stint was yeah. was probably our toughest, but um, the rug, it was so it was so refreshing to be back in the rugby and um, just having the same conversations we had yeah. sort of three or four years earlier, and it was just um, yeah, it was awesome to be back in the environment. It's a real good setup up there. Yeah, I guess things change away, but when you start adding kids in the mix, eh, it's it's it goes just from being fun to bounce around the world to then thinking of schools and yeah all that sort of carry on as yeah, well yeah 100% it makes things makes everything a bit harder like when you when the kids are a bit grumpy when you've just moved you're like oh what's going on but he's just moved to another country he's, we've taken him away from his friends and all yeah. this stuff they don't know what's going on so um it was always a goal to once once they got to the age of five so my oldest is four to be settled down and um that's hopefully why we've moved Back here, we've just yep. bought out in Mapua, so um, hopefully this is our Nelson's going to be home spot. Eh? Yeah, nice. Of course, your your brother plays pro footy as well. He must be a, a fair bit of banter there. Yeah, mate. Uh, he hasn't played too much lately. <laughs> he's he's had a tough run of injuries, but yep. um, yeah, it's been awesome watching him yep. um, go through the grades and 
playing playing professional footy. He's a quality player, and we've had some real good battles out on the field. Um, we've yeah played each other, Hurricanes, Crusaders, Tasman, Taranaki, and yeah. even over in the UK, London Irish versus Gloucester, and um, some of those games were more heated than others, but uh, it was always good. Who's got the winning percentage? Good question, actually. I think he started off better. Uh, but I think I've won all the ones that counted. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more to say then, really. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about the podcast. What what um, brought about your idea for a podcast? Yeah, good question. Um, I was sort of doing – so I was always in charge of this info committee at the Hurricanes, which was um, old school style was to get the youngest player – or one of the young guys to get up the front of the bus and get on the mic and talk about the province you're going to yeah, um, or whatever city you're, you've arrived in and give them some information on that. And I didn't really, li- didn't really like the idea of that, so yeah. I, d- I decided to um, do it through a voice recording and then I just ended up making it, like take the piss out of the guys on the bus. So anyone who had made stuff up that week or yeah. something I could rinse them about, I'd just chuck that in the... Um, audio recording and then play it on the bus when they went to wherever they were. And yeah. It was something that just sort of um, grew from there and it started off pretty small but ended up to the back end of my career was sort of like a 10, 15-minute yeah. podcast really yeah. with ending in a prank with yeah. all these segments and I was like, so I've basically been doing podcasts for yes. the last sort of five years and um, then I, I always wanted to do it and I, got, I was listening to heaps and – um, in the lockdown and I was like, oh, what's stopping me from doing this? And it was yeah. just like the fear of being judged, fear of failure, all that stuff. And I just thought, oh, nah, let's stuff that. Let's Jump just in. Bought, bought my Roadcaster Pro like yeah. you've got. And yeah. I just thought, so mate, this is my, that's my sacrifice and uh, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to try and do two podcasts every week till the end of the, uh, till, till my rehab's over and yeah. see where I'm at. And yeah, it's been going good so far. Getting yeah. some good feedback, which is good. There's some pretty awesome people on there too, which which must help out eh, being involved with those Hurricanes boys and yeah, hundred percent. Like that's a, that was a big part of it. Like I I thought about I actually thought about what should I do in the podcast to start because yeah. I wanted to do something, and then I was like, mate, I've got the I've got the people, yeah. I've got the contacts already. Um, there's no point trying to chase something else. I was sort of. Always make makes me cringe hearing guys talk to the media, yeah. like when they get interviewed and stuff. How um, straight up it is, and yeah. how you don't get too much from them about their personality. And it was something I wanted to just try and push and give people an insight into what these guys are really like yeah. when you, when you yarn to them. And I think that's come across pretty good so far. I feel like felt like most of the podcast gives a pretty true reflection to what these guys are like yeah and that's the thing like as a sports fan you don't get that like you say after a game how was the game or yeah. Yeah, game with two halves boys played well you know exactly so but then you actually get them on yeah like a like a platform like this and they're so yeah. much different eh? so, yeah but it's good it's good to see and it, but the, the hard thing about that is um because guys want to be a bit more open to the media but as soon as you do that you can get you just get crucified it, don't you you can get crucified it can get taken out of hand and even like um, having Colsey on my one, like some of the articles that came out of that, I know he wasn't too happy about because he felt like they sort of took just segments of things which don't give you the true picture, which can um, make people, uh, if you don't listen to the whole podcast, you don't get yeah, the, yeah, the real it. story behind it because you can take words out of what someone says and make them sound like an idiot. So, um, yeah, now that 
some of the media platforms are listening. I, I'm hoping the boys can still um, <laughs> still be themselves and say what they want. But yeah, it's a we'll see how it goes. And the the pranks, they've, they've been a real hit. What um what brought the idea and um who who was your first victim? Yeah, so the pranks was from my um, info. Yeah. Ages ago, so I, I had like a big bank of pranks, and I was like, I remember I think it was Conrad Smith saying, "Man, he would buy the CD of, of pranks." This was yeah. old school. This was when we were using a CD and stuff. And I was like, um, "Oh yeah, this is interesting." And then um, started the podcast. Had Reggie Goods on the first podcast, and he he was obviously a big part of the pranks. He was yeah. on the info committee as well, so um, he just talked about one of his pranks with. The Tongan beer, um, and that got lots of good feedback. So I was like, "Oh yeah, I may as well start." I got all these pranks already. I may as well start just releasing the pranks. And next episode, I had Salisi on, and yeah. that was the one where I got um, him as John T, which went down like I was a bit, <laughs> a bit touch and go <laughs> on whether that was borderline or not. But it had no bad feedback, and man, people were loving it. Hey, eh? people yeah. loved John T. I was walking up to the coach's box at the. Um, one of the Canes games at Westpac and people were yelling out to me, hey, John T. And stuff like this. I was like, oh, jeez, John T's. He's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People love old John T. So, no, but we've had some good times. It's getting a lot harder now to prank guys, but yeah, people are getting a bit more switched on. But hopefully, no, that Dalton Pavali one was my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> That's my absolute favourite. So, do you, do you like fish? <laughs> yeah, I love fishing. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot <laughs> so good eh? yeah he was hard case yeah. eh? oh, that's good it's good lady we not we along with it yeah um what if you could start if you were the coach of a super team and you had to pick one player to start a franchise around who would it be um this is that's a good question i i would it'd be hard to go past tj yeah just because how influential he is on and off the field um I've, I've had this discussion with a few people before, a few Crusader lads, and they swear by Richie Moanga. Yeah. And after watching him play the last, or watching his game in a bit more detail the last few years, man, he is just next level. He yeah. drives that team so well. And it's hard when you when you haven't worked with someone off the field. Like yeah, I know what TJ does off the field, and I know um, how influential he is, but. Whereas people who watch TJ play probably don't see that, but um, yeah, it'd probably be him. TJ, TJ's your guy. So out, outside of footy, what's what do you kind of get up to? Right at the moment, my time outside footy is very <laughs> minimal. I am flat out like trying to keep this podcast going, yeah. um, coaching the development, trying to watch the um, Tasman team, which is and try and learn as much as I can there. So it's been pretty flat out, obviously weekends as well, got games and stuff. So um, any spare time I'm getting at the moment, it's kids and wife when I can. It's yeah. like family time, man, because, yeah, it's something that's taken a bit of a hit since I haven't um, been playing because obviously you play, when you're playing, your hours are pretty sweet. Like yeah. Once you're off the field, you can just go home, chill out, um, especially in Japan, man, your hours are – you're basically with the kids all day and – with the family, yeah. so um, something coming back, it's been a bit like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> back to real life. Yeah. Yeah. Back to real life, so. And my, my wife's actually pregnant at the moment, so it's, yeah. It's, it's all, exciting. It's all go. Another one on the way, eh? Another one on the way. Ah, good stuff. So what's what's next for you? For your, um, what's, what's the next step? Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh, see how the rehab goes. Um, 
see where I'm at once maybe at the end of the year. Um, I haven't heard anything from the Canes or anything because I did a little bit of coaching with them yeah. back into the Super when Carlos left, which was which was awesome just to get a feel for that as well. And um, that'd be cool to get somewhere back in there, but it's just with the moves and stuff, I'm not sure yeah. um, how realistic that is or – Ideally, a gig with Tasman next year and yeah. the coaching setup would be the dream. But um, yeah, let's see how the body is because could be as a player or yeah. um, something like that. And yeah, it's hard to know because there's just so much uncertainty yeah. at the moment. For sure. Oh, well, I have really appreciated you having you on, mate. Um, the last question I ask everybody if you could give one piece of advice to an ordinary Kiwi, what would that one piece of advice be? Um, I think I touched on a little bit before, but the fear of failure and how much that holds people back. Because yeah. um, especially in New Zealand, eh? it's in hard. New Zealand, yeah, people uh, can be pretty quick to knock someone. Yeah, in New Zealand, I feel someone giving something a go. So sure. I think uh, just don't fear that. Don't fear being judged by that person because they're the ones who don't want you to do something. So exactly, um, if you want to do something and you believe in something, just go for it because. Who says it, Michael Jordan? You miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yep. Great quote, mate. Great quote. <laughs> One of the greats. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, hey, thanks for your time. I do really appreciate it. Uh, it's been nearly forty minutes, so do appreciate you popping in, and uh, all the best in the future. Nah, cheers, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, appreciate mate. It.